Well, normally I don't start this podcast with a statistic, but I just thought this was really interesting. 56% of parents, like us, believe that kids have the impulse control to resist the desire to do something forbidden before age three. But believe it or not, self-controlling kids actually develops between three and a half and four years old, which explains a lot of the toddler years for sure. Maybe your child has a trouble or a hard time regulating their emotions, or maybe they've been having meltdowns every hour for random issues and over something kind of trivial. Well, today we have an expert here to talk to us about all of this because obviously there's no parenting book, darn it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gina Melton with the Just Kids Health Podcast from Children's Hospital and Medical Center. Join me as I talk with the region's pediatric experts about everything related to our kids' health, from things like medical issues to mental health, all to keep our kids healthy, safe, and strong. So just sit back, whether you're working out, you're walking, you're just hanging out, and be a, the great parent that you are. And today we welcome Dr. Neuring to discuss how parents can help navigate their emotions. Good to see you. Hi, thank you. You know, I have teenagers, so we're doing a lot of this emotion-based thing right now. But what I really want to ask you is, can children control their emotions? Uh, And the answer is it depends. Mm. It depends on how old they are. It depends on how much their their brains have evolved or grown. So at at infancy, they cannot control them at all. They're just reacting. Right. Um, and, and into the toddler years, too. And they start to become aware of, um, it's called social referencing. They start to become aware of what other people around them are doing with their emotions and sort of gauging their reactions against the people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start learning, you know, a little more into like preschool, maybe into school years. They start learning uh, emotional display rules, which is how, what we can show of our emotions, how we can demonstrate that we are feeling what we are feeling. You know, it's okay to do some things. It's not okay to do other things. You can cry and have a temper tantrum, maybe at home, but probably not at school, that kind of thing. It's like me at work. I can't have a temper tantrum at work, but I can at home. <laughs> probably. You probably could, but you'd have to modulate your behavior. That's very true. That's very true. So it sounds to me like our us parents have a lot to do with being able to communicate, talk to our kids about their emotions. Is that true? Absolutely. I mean, we are the, we're the first point of reference for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the ones that they react off of. We're the ones that they watch. Um, there's, <laughs> right? There is so much modeling that we do without even thinking about it. I mean, if you think about like when you get frustrated with a kid because they didn't take out the trash and you've asked them three times and you're, you're raising your voice, right? Mm-hmm. But if they raise their voice to you, that wouldn't be appropriate. True. So what are you modeling for them? Is that that's the number one point that I really want to get across. I'm going to have to remember that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I just dealt with that trash thing the other day with my teenager. And I said, Parker, I've asked you to take this out. You know, it's hard not to get get to that point. But I guess we are really modeling for our kids. We are. So Mm -hmm. you feel frustrated and you have to do the whole stop, breathe, think. Mm -hmm. What is... What is my goal in this interaction? And that's another thing about communication is what is your goal? If you're trying to get your kids to talk to you, then when they talk to you, you got to be open and listen. And you can't be mad at them or ashamed or, or shut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I end up listening to my 10-year-old son talk about Minecraft 
Oh, yes. A lot. Like a lot. <laughs> I'm familiar with that. So many mods. I don't even know. Um, but in order to sort of encourage him to talk to me, I have to be willing to just listen to him on whatever he is open about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to sort of open the door to more complicated conversations later. So instead of maybe, you know, preaching what you want them to model, it's more about listening to them and then finding a way to work through the emotions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have to remember that. Sometimes I forget that it's so important to listen to kids because I, as parents, we want to be listened to as well. Mm-hmm. And as kids, sometimes I feel like they, well, they don't feel listened to. They feel talked to. Right, mm-hmm. right. And when you've got these emotions, these big emotions, like you have to, you're going to have to figure out how to express them appropriately, what to do, what you can mm-hmm. say, who you can talk to. So how can we as parents you know, teach our kids besides modeling to deal with their emotions? Mm -hmm. What's the best way to do that? Besides modeling, being open to them. um, My mom used to say to me, you can feel bad and you can say you feel bad, but you may not act bad. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot of that, just sort of making it okay for them to share whatever it is they're sharing, whatever it is they're feeling, being okay to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's that can be really hard as a parent if you're especially if your kid is frustrated with you or unhappy with you. Um, Welcome to my home. Right. <laughs> right. And, and many other homes, uh, you know, in, in the world right now. Yeah. So how should you ask what your kids are feeling? What are some words that you could use or some phrases or sentences? Um, definitely go for are you are you familiar with um, closed ended versus open ended questions? I mean, sort of, but I'd love for you to yeah, know, yeah. say what you um, So closed-ended questions are questions that you can answer with like a yes or a no or a mm. single word. Where mm-hmm. are you from? Do you feel angry? So you want to try and use open-ended questions with kids. What are you feeling right now? Um, how are you feeling? What is happening inside your body? Because a lot of, I mean, kids, they start with emotions in their body. We all do, but they're aware of it. Mm -hmm. So you can ask them, where do you feel this big feeling right now? Is it in your tummy? Is it in your heart? Is it in your throat? And and you can kind of, you can identify the emotions a little bit by where they are in the body and how they feel to the child. So asking them just sort of, what are you experiencing in your body, in your mind, in your heart? Because I know, like, for example, when my kids come home from school and, how was school today? Fine. But, <laughs> you know, fine. But if I ask them, let's just say, you know, you know, how was your lunch at school today? What did you have for lunch? Or mm-hmm. how was math today? Did you enjoy the math di- that you did? Stuff like right. that. Right. Or what's, what's one thing that really stood out to you today? What's mm-hmm. something you felt really bad about? Or how is that friend of yours doing? Mm. I like that. that, Yeah, that usually hooks them in. (laughs) And it's all about hooking them in. Absolutely. Especially with with my boys sometimes. I feel like they're, they, like I need to model better communication because I, sometimes girls, and this isn't always the case, but sometimes I feel like girls will tell you more, but Mm. my boys are a little more like, "Mm," you know, a little more shut off. Well, and there are some, there are some little tips and tricks that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, one is being uh, side by side with them, both facing forward. So if you're walking beside them or driving beside them, they will open up much easier. If they're not directly facing you, having to make eye contact, it's much easier for them to open up. What a great tip. I'm definitely going to try that. <laughs> Absolutely. That a really, really good tip. 
Parenting is hard work. Parenting during a pandemic is even harder. Parenting You from Children's is here to help. With our new virtual format, you can watch short videos on some of parenting's most popular and challenging topics at your convenience. Visit childrensomaha.org slash parenting you today. Now, how do you parent an emotional child? With a lot of patience mm-hmm. and, and love and forgiveness and grace for them and for you. I mean, it, you. Ha- I think it's really important for parents to acknowledge that it's difficult to parent emotional children. It's that's really hard. I mean, the first thing people go to is is the child okay, and it, yeah, the child needs work too. But the parents don't do a great job of taking care of themselves first. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me just throw that piece in there. Yeah, well, um, yeah. that's true. Yeah, parenting an emotional child is just is being very patient, sort of accepting the child where they are. I understand that you're feeling big emotions. I understand that you're really upset, or you look really upset, or you look really angry. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to talk about it? What can we do about this? And just sort of walking them through the problem solving steps. And maybe as parents, we look at other families and we say, well, that you know, kid isn't as emotional as my kid, but all kids are different. Oh, yes. So the comparison thing, I think, sometimes gets in the way. Yeah, it trips us up a lot. Mm-hmm. One, and, you know, nobody wants to be the one to say, well, my kid's messed up, man. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. They're very emotional. But, but right? everyone's different. And every, every child has their own sort of communication um, s- strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Well, some people have an easier time talking about Minecraft mods. Than others. <laughs> we'll have to talk after this. And get... <laughs> oh, man. And finally, <clears throat> what are the signs that, you know, signal maybe a more serious mental issue or emotional disorder in kids where we need to come see someone just like you at Children's? Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I feel like the three kind of big ones are, number one, distress. If the kid is upset about how upset they get or if the parent is sort of always feeling off kilter because of how emotional the kid is. If there's just, if somebody's unhappy, worried, that's probably time to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any danger, of course, you know, if they're hitting the wall and the picture comes crashing down and you've got shattered glass, you're, you're talking danger at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third is, I feel like once... Y- I mean, as parents, we're always trying things. We are students of parenting all the time. Very true. So you try something new and you see how it works. Um, The kids that I worry about are the ones that cannot change. So no matter what you do, you can't calm them down. You can't get past this issue. You can't um, use a certain word. Sort of they they get stuck on something or the Mm -hmm. family gets stuck on something. And that's when I would look for help. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Right. As parents, we always think, oh, I should have the answer to that. But there's not always an answer. Sometimes you need a professional to come in and help you just like you. Absolutely. And I have a lot of kids that I see that they're not, like, messed up. They're not sick. They're not hurting. They they just want a place where they can talk about stuff. Sure. That's not a parent, and it's not the friend that they want to talk about. Yeah, a neutral source. Absolutely. A neutral source. I mean, there's nothing wrong with therapy for parents or kids. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how does that work when a child goes into therapy? How does the communication process work? Do you relay to the parents what's going on? That is an excellent question. Um, 
And the answer, there is no single answer. The answer is it depends on so many things. It depends on how old the child is, um, on what the issues are that the child is coming in for, on sort of the kind of parent that you've got, whether it's a parent who really needs to know all the details or not. Um, it depends on the therapist. We have, we're very different people. I mean, even just within behavioral health, we're very different people with very different styles. So some people, some of the therapists will tell parents most of what went on, mm-hmm. or they'll work with the kid and then bring the parent in and talk about all that. Um, I very rarely share with parents what's going on. I'll share the sort of general, you know, we discussed in the beginning we were going to be working on coping skills or family relationships, and I'll share, like, we did that. We worked on that thing. But I won't give a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I will encourage my patients most of the time to tell their parents what they're working on because I think it's really important for them to be communicating and for them to be controlling that flow of communication with their parents. That makes a lot that's, of sense. That's what we're working on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Nuri. Absolutely. I'm going to use some of these techniques when I get home. <laughs> Let me know how they work. Will do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to the Just Kids Health podcast. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for more information on how we can help your child, visit childrensomaha.org and follow us on social media.